fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I think the colors are really starting to show when it comes to those individuals wanting to control crazy radical amounts of people with this COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know if you've I'm sure you've heard it throughout the day today. The monoclonal sites in Florida are being shut down. If you get COVID-19 and you want to go get the monoclonal treatment, which is like helping people get rid of COVID in like 48 hour time period. Uh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. The only way you can fight COVID-19, according to the government, according to the FDA and according to the NIH and everybody else, the only way to be able to stop COVID-19 is to get that vaccine just... Uh, get our, get ready, polish up, raise up that sleeve, and get that injection. You can't do any other types of treatments. What the heck, man? That's how we start off today. We got a big show lined up for you today. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. I'm not going to spend the entire time talking about COVID. I promise you that. We got a lot to talk about on other issues, but that today blew my mind. Welcome into the show. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation. Here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, all over the country on radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. No matter where you may uh, may be watching or listening, we appreciate you very, very much right here on the show. Bottom of the hour, William Gein. He'll be joining us as he is the president and director for the Americans for Legal Immigration Pact. Very controversial. Legal immigration. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very controversial. Can't be doing none of that stuff. Very controversial. How dare you? So we'll talk with William coming up at the bottom of the hour. We've had him on the show many times before and look forward to chatting with him. We'll talk about the filibuster. We'll talk about the voting rights bill. Again, I use voting rights in the air quotes here on the radio. The voting rights bill out of D.C. and what else could be coming at that D.C. level. But right now, it blew my mind when I saw this headline. Now, there are hosts, talk show hosts that have talked about this. There are people that swear by it that if you get COVID-19, you get this monoclonal antibody treatment where what I'm assuming, I don't know the details about it. What I'm guessing it does is they just inject you with really like white blood cells that already have the antibodies built in or something. Is that what it? I don't know what monoclonal antibody treatment is. I'm assuming it's something of that variant where they uh, give you some. Uh, some blood with the antibodies in there, and then it helps fight it, and you're cured. Boom. It's like that. You're good. You're great. Uh, There's been people that are like, yeah, like in two days, 48 hours, I was completely cleared up, and they were popping up all over the entire state of Florida because it was a great treatment, and why it wasn't more of a mainstream thing, I don't really know. Well, according to a policy change from the FDA that they announced yesterday, it meant that the monoclonal antibody treatment centers in Florida and in other parts of the country had to shut down. As there is a tweet from the Florida Department of Health saying, quote, as a result of the FDA's abrupt decision to remove the EUAs for two monoclonal antibodies, monoclonal antibody treatment sites will be closed until further notice. Full uh, full media press below. Here's what it says. This evening without any, this is from, by the way, the, the Florida Department of Health and Environment. Very concerning. This evening, without any advance notice, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, revised the Emergency Use Authorizations Act for the Regen Cove, 
R-E-G-E-N-C-O-V. Uh, the revised EUAs, the emergency use authorizations, do not allow providers to administer these treatments with the United States. Unfortunately, as a result of this abrupt decision made by the federal government, all monoclonal antibody state sites will be closed until further notice. Individuals with appointments have been directed to contact regarding cancellations. If you have tested positive for COVID, please contact your health care provider, yada, yada, yada. Now, the big question is why would you close said monoclonal places? It has helped tons of people. They're popping up all over the place. It is proven science. You know, we're all about the science. Remember, Dr. Fauci is science, right? He is. He's not supportive of science. He's not in agreement with science. He doesn't create science. He is science. He's like the all-powerful entity of science. We need to refer to Dr. Fauci as like the Akashic Records of, or God, when it comes to this mindset. We need to reference Dr. Fauci because he is science. <laughs> so there is that. The FDA said that since, quote, data show uh, data shows these treatments are highly unlikely to be active uh, against the Omicron variant. Now, let me get this straight. And again, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but you've got to be kidding me, right? The power struggle, the control freaks, the narcissists that are in power right now that are desperate to make a 100% vaccination rate in this nation or else you are a, a horrible, evil human being wanting to kill people in the streets are saying that since... The monoclonal antibodies supposedly don't have any data showing that it's active against the Omicron variant. You can't do it. Now, again, I ask you, the Omicron variant, how bad is it? It has near tripled the amount of cases in the country, but it has less, It is more than half declined when it comes to death because as far as I'm aware of right now, don't know the exact number, I've only seen one news story since Omicron came out of one person dying in the state of Texas with numerous different comorbidities. Because it doesn't go deep into your lungs. It's essentially a sniffle or a cold, and it's not that bad. So a less severe variant that is giving you the sniffles isn't responsive to monoclonal antibodies. Therefore, we're going to shut it down because people that could be getting the original variant of COVID or the Delta variant of COVID or one that could have maybe a little bit deeper symptoms, they're not allowed to get the monoclonal antibodies because it doesn't work against the variant that they may or may not have with the Omicron variant that isn't dangerous and that isn't going to affect people. My mind is blown, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to respond to this one other than I think the true colors are beginning to shine on what the intent and purpose is of the COVID pandemic. I put a post on my social media just about an hour ago, already generating some fun response from individuals, of asking, and I read the numbers, of December of 2020, over a year ago, of the death rate and survivability rate of COVID-19 from the original variant of COVID before really all the variants actually started coming out. And my question was, Looking back now, because 2020 hindsight is, you know, obviously 2020 hindsight. We get to look back and we get to see what we did right, what we did wrong, and moving forward, whether we should make those same mistakes again. I asked the question, was COVID-19 an actual, quote-unquote, or should be labeled as a pandemic? Now, again, it's a virus. We need to be cautious of the virus. We need to be concerned. We need to be aware of the virus. Maybe take those extra precautions. Whatever you do to protect yourself, I'm not saying it's not there, but to be labeled as an actual global pandemic, do you think it needed to be or not? According to the CDC, in December of 2020, two years ago, uh, here's what the numbers had for survivability rates. And again, consider this when it comes to the uh, pandemic label that we've labeled onto this thing. 
The age groups of 0 to 19 years old, you had a 99.997% survivability rate. Now, that's according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, these numbers that they had posted back in December of 2020 when we were just under a year of the pandemic into this thing. 99.997% survivability rate for the ages 0 to 19. 20 to 49 was at a 99.98% survivability rate. Ages 50 to 69 Survivability rate of 99.5%. And 70 plus was about the only one you had to be concerned about or look at 94.6% survivability rate. So obviously that was one we need to be concerned about. Elder individuals with weakened immune systems and comorbidity issues with other medical illnesses. So with those numbers, do you think that that's considered a pandemic to shut everything down, destroy the economy as we have, and then silence treatments, whether it's the, I'm not going to say the word HQ, I'm not going to say the word IV. I'm not going to say that one, but the monoclonal treatment that now has been stopped because while it may be effective for the serious ones, it's not effective for the non-serious ones, so therefore we need to ban it according to the uh, Food and Drug Administration. This is the lunacy that we're up against, and this is why I've continuously said anybody that just blindly follows what the government or any of these higher-up, quote-unquote, medical officials try to tell you is really a bunch of crap. And that's really I want to say. At what point... Do we realize that their policies just aren't working? And I'm not just talking about the scientists, quote unquote, or the medical experts. But when policy doesn't work, when do we start adapting and changing? We're two years into a pandemic. When does the policy begin to change and say, you know what, masks don't work? Because obviously we tracked the uh, trends between states with mask policies and with non-mask policies. The case numbers were the same when it came to vaccination states where, you know, we're still seeing cases because of the Omicron variant that doesn't get affected by the vaccine and it's immune to the vaccine. When do we realize that the same stuff we've done for two years hasn't worked and we say we're going to change course? The Biden administration is working really hard to try and change course, not just with COVID, even though now they're saying we want to start opening things back up and we don't want a whole bunch of federal requirements and federal mandates. They're saying that because they got shot down on every mandate they've tried to put in place by the U.S. Supreme Court and by federal judges all over the country. From the latest one with Texas, where the federal judge shot down the uh, vaccine mandate for federal employees and federal uh, contract workers to the OSHA mandates that the Supreme Court just shot down a week or two ago. They've been denied every step of the way. So politically, they don't want to look like it's a failure and continue on with the same road trying to recreate the wheel that's failed every time. They want to step back now and say, we don't like federal government mandates, and we just want to try to encourage getting back to normal by states doing the right thing. And that is now the official remark from the federal government. At the same time, let's look at immigration. That's back in the news again, thankfully. It's been desperately needed, hasn't it, for us to actually address this major issue as we see more individuals crossing the border. We see more crime rates of people being arrested. Uh, the ones that we are finding and arresting at the border, we find that are criminals. What are we going to do? Well, we'll probably do a catch and release policy for those. But the Biden administration now taking some of the playbook from the Trump administration after railing on the Trump administration for a horrible immigration policy and how he's a racist and how he's a bigot and how he doesn't care about other nations or care about other people. When they attacked him left and right, now they're a little bit desperate. Here's the first headline. According to Newsmax.com, Biden's Department of Justice is now defending major Trump immigration policy. Why? Well, because it worked. Hey, you know what? Maybe we should get back to some of that. I know you guys railed on it politically. Maybe we should get back to some of this stuff. Maybe it should work just a little bit, please. Here's the other one for you. Department of Homeland Security is starting a new policy with their catch and release program. For those that don't know, 
if you come across the border illegally and they catch you, they just say, all right, we're going to give you a court date, go do your thing, and then show up to the court date, which they never do, and then you have to go and track them down, and it costs so much money and resources that it's not worth tracking them down, so then it's just whenever they pop up, and then when they do pop up, then it's kind of a catch and release, well, you know, it's out of my hands. Local law enforcement's not able to handle immigration issue, so you can arrest them, you can't detain them because you can't charge them, you call immigration, and then they get there two months later and they're gone because you can't detain them for that long. See the issue? So what are they doing now? DHS, according to Newsmax.com, they are creating new policy of electronically tracking migrants after another 47,000 illegal immigrants go missing in the nation. <laughs> if it wasn't so sad, I would laugh a little bit, which I just did. After losing track of nearly 70,000 migrants from the Border Patrol custody, the Biden administration is now beginning to track all of the illegal immigrants with an electronic monitoring system. Wow. That's how desperate we are. We can't actually just deal with it at the border. We have to let them go, can't find them, create a crisis, and then try and put an electronic tracker on these immigrants. Well, at the same time, the DOJ is like, you know, we could avoid all of this if we would just go back to some of the Trump policies by, you know, putting the wall back up and starting to rework on the wall again, maybe starting to actually just like keep people on the other side of the border until they get processed and are able to come in instead of just welcoming them in and trying to deal with it once they get here. Maybe we should start adjusting on a little bit more harsher penalties here, or at least a little bit harsher immigration policy, or at least just enforcing the laws that are on the books that right now we're currently not doing. I know that's a wild thought, a wicked wild thought that's way out there for many on the other side of the aisle because they just want to pick and choose what they want to do. But it's on the books. All we got to do is say, hey, let's enforce that one that's written right there. And then it would happen. And then things would start to get better just a little bit, a little bit. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, I got to say, there is a time, and I think this goes for both Republicans, Democrats, not really even a political issue. Republicans, Democrats, red, blue, conservative, liberal, whatever. And he's come back to a sense of humility and humbleness. I'll be the first on the show to say if I say something wrong on the program, I like to correct it because I like to be. We're the voice of reason. We try to bring common sense, rationale, reality to the world, which is very hard to do at times. But if I say something wrong or if I misinterpret something or if I do something wrong, then I'll, I'll call myself out because I tell you, I was when I was in broadcasting school, and I'll never forget this. Yeah, I was in broadcasting school. That's how I got into radio. I, you know, that's uh, <laughs> it, and I tell you, it was a lot of fun. But I remember my professors telling me that talk radio, political talk radio, especially if you say something wrong and someone calls you out on it, then your career could potentially be over because they don't trust you any longer. And while I try to bring entertainment to it to make sure you maybe have a laugh or two during the program, we think about talk about something funny or silly. I also want to bring some information, some thought provoking things to expand the brain, maybe have you think about something a little bit different or at least just be the catalyst for change to rally the troops and get that hoorah emotional refueling charge politically to go and do something positive. But there's a point where someone does something so bad for so long, they need to just call it out and just say, you know what, I was wrong. I did wrong. And in the world of politics, that's really, really difficult for some to do. And I got to give credit, even though I disagreed with what he did and I was a little angry with him uh, just a few weeks ago with the January 6th hearings, uh, Ted Cruz, where he came out and said that the uh, quote unquote insurrectionists that weren't insurrectionists, but he called them terrorists. And I strongly disagree with that, and I think he was really dumb for saying that. And as much as I love Ted Cruz, and for those that don't know, I supported Ted Cruz all the way up until he dropped out of the presidential race well above Donald Trump before I started supporting Trump. I was a Ted Cruz fan. I have been a big fan of him for years. But I completely disagreed, and I really despised what he had to say about calling individuals terrorists. Now, what he did, though, is not popular in politics is not usually good to do in politics, and whether it helped him or not, I don't know. But he apologized. He That is something you don't see from politicians, is he said he was wrong, and he apologized. Now, he apologized because he got so much heat from his own side. He had to, or else he was going to lose a lot of favorability going into an election year. So I got why he did it politically, but he apologized, which most politicians don't. If you realize, most politicians, when they do wrong, they don't apologize. They try to explain it in a watered-down way and then just try and change tone a little bit and make you forget about it with some other piece of news or information. He came out and he said, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. This is what I was thinking at the time, and I apologize. And he was grilled, rightfully so, by Tucker Carlson on Fox News. I thought it was a brilliant interview because this is why we hold Republicans' feet to the fire and why conservatives actually have principle is because we call out and hold ourselves to a higher standard, unlike the Democrats. They don't hold themselves to a high standard. They don't call themselves out, even from the mainstream media. They just don't do it. They just don't do it. So when Ted Cruz did that, I'm glad he got grilled. I'm glad he got uh, in trouble for it. And I'm glad that he, he called himself out and apologized for it. Now, unfortunately, that probably shot any thought of him running for president again, because Republicans will hold on to that and use it against him if they don't like him. And that probably shot any chance of him becoming a Supreme Court justice as well if he has to do a hearing through the U.S. Senate. So he's probably stuck at the Senate level for a really long time after that because of that stupid decision, even after he apologized. But the Biden administration, you probably need to take a nice pill of humbleness. You probably need to step back from your policies for a little bit and recognize that it was unpopular, which is why you lost elections a few months ago in November and why you're down about five to seven points in the polls nationally right now compared to Republicans overall generally. 
because people don't like your policies. You need to take a little bit of that humble pie. And when you start losing 40,000 people into our nation and you don't know where they are and you have to start doing electronic tracking on individuals and your own Department of Defense is like, you know, I know you hate it, but you probably need to go back to some Trump policies on immigration. Then you probably need to take the swallowing pill of humbleness and say, you know what? I was wrong. Let's figure something out. Let's actually work together. Let's combine some of our ideas. Let's mesh some ideas from both sides of the aisle. Let's do something. And guess what, Joe Biden? When it starts working, you could still be a Democrat and your poll ratings would go up from both sides of the aisle because your policies that you said you were going to do actually worked. But now I'm just giving Democrats and you know free handout. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, I got to laugh. I got to tell you. So the post that I made earlier on social media obviously creates a lot of conversation. A lot of people arguing. Mostly they try to argue with me. It's okay. It's cool. I, I enjoy it. I do it intentionally. You're not getting to me. You're not changing my mind and you're not, you know, not going to burst my bubble. I do that intentionally to poke the bear. That's really all social media is about for. So I like to have fun with it. But someone made an interesting com- comment. And for those that don't know, I, I posted it earlier, about an hour before the program started, and I gave the numbers of survivability rates of COVID-19 in December of 2020, like just almost a year into the pandemic. And it showed the by age group and how everything was like a 99.998% survivability rate sort of thing. And it broke it down. And the only one that really, really needed to be concerned about was the 70 plus, where it was like a 94% survivability rate. Nonetheless, someone made a comment on there. Can someone please tell me why the economy... Uh, is considered a disaster because I made the comment that we shut down the economy, we destroyed our economy for uh, something that is or is not considered a pandemic and should it be a pandemic. That was the point of the conversation and let people know, let them get their thoughts. I didn't even say my opinion. I just said, do you think it should be considered a pandemic or not? Someone made the comment, why is it considered destroyed? The economy is doing better than it ever had before. What? What? I think they've been watching a little bit too much of Jim Cramer on CNBC. To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. <laughs> so then they went on to say businesses actually didn't shut down across the nation. Try to prove that businesses were shut because of COVID. 
Now, I've told you before that politics, we have a really short memory span. We need to stop being the donkey with the short or the memory span of, you know, a uh, moth of every five seconds or a goldfish and actually start having a memory span of like an actual elephant. Remember what the heck's going on. So I politely shared a link to the Wall Street Journal back in. Uh, well, actually, just recently looking at 2020's economy where they were uh, talking about an additional 200,000 businesses that closed in the first year of COVID. Not total, an additional compared to what they previously thought happened. 200,000 business, small businesses that were shut down. So I nicely shared that one. And the response was, of course, that, well, they were already planning to shut down, but no one forced them to close their doors. Okay. Talk about taking the humble pie because we just have to admit that we were wrong, admit that uh, we have no clue what we're talking about, and just you know actually admit that COVID was a bad thing, and no, the economy has not come back. Joe Biden did not create six million jobs already in the first year in his office, and you know a seven percent inflation rate kind of shows that we're on the brink of the beginning of a really bad bubble that's going to burst here soon when you inject trillions of dollars additionally into an economy with COVID nineteen stimulus. Nonetheless, let's shift gears a little bit. That actually kind of falls on this with the humble pie part of it and get into the Biden administration trying to slowly kind of sort of want to reverse roles on immigration, but not really. What's trending today? So I read the two headlines earlier. Department of Homeland Security starting a new policy of electronically tracking migrants after 47,000 of them just like disappear and go missing. They have no clue where they went. Shocker. The second one is that Biden's own Department of Justice is defending Trump immigration policy saying, you know, maybe we should get back to some of that stuff. On the phone with us to talk about that and so much more. Uh, it's been a while since we've had this guy on the program. Really excited to have him back. He is the president and national director for Americans for Legal Immigration PAC, Ali PAC, or A-L-I-P-A-C. And excited to have on here William Gein with us. William, how are you, my friend? I'm a little under the weather, but glad to be back with you and your audience. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. It's been a while since we have chatted. These headlines, the Department of Homeland Security now electronically like microchipping or tracking or something with these individuals. Uh, apparently, we're just missing thousands of people in the country. We just let them go from the border, and now we don't know where they're at. Well, there's an answer to that, and that's to not let them into the country in the first place is our existing <laughs> laws state. The laws say they're not supposed to be coming in the country at all. It's not a surprise that I've told people for, for years going back into the Bush administration and his catch-and-release policies, it's not shocking that 95% of the illegals handed a ticket and waved on through and in the United States don't show up to court. It's shocking that 5% do. Yeah, It's absolutely ludicrous. The United States is under a form of martial law, and by martial law I don't mean like from the movies with the tanks in the streets. Martial law under its definition, a departure from normal law. Sure. And when you look around, you see so many different problems we have, like all these spammers in our email box, all these criminals on our cell phones calling us every day, when all these illegal aliens flowing across the border and killing thousands of American citizens uh, every year. You're like, why, why, why? Well, apparently the United States is not under constitutional governance because our existing laws are not being enforced that are there to protect the U.S. citizens. Therefore, I consider us to be under some type of martial law where those laws are not being uh, used to serve the American citizenry, and it's something that we're fighting against. The only thing that, that's really keeping us afloat right now is that we've been able to stop their amnesty legislation, which would make the invasion and overthrow of the United States uh, fait accompli and permanent. Uh, but we've stopped them. We stopped them just recently. Our, our most recent achievement is helping to stop the amnesty bill 
that was contained, uh, the amnesty provisions that was contained inside the Build Back Better boondoggle legislation. Yeah, well, and that's surprising, too. Again, we've talked a lot about this Build Back Better plan. It was mind-boggling how they were able to stop it with a single Democrat vote because even Republicans caved by temporarily suspending the filibuster on that one with 18 Republicans in the Senate voting to temporarily suspend it, and they still weren't able to get it passed. So it was good. Now the big question is how are they going to try and reintroduce it in a different way? Well, I think that we've got, and I could be wrong, but I think that we've got most of their major globalist agenda uh, you know, backed off with political spears and pitchforks right now. Uh, the 2022 elections are what everything's about, and they know, they know. And no matter what, even bogus polls run by Fox News claiming most Americans want illegals to be able to stay uh, are, are wrong and, and, and disinform- their disinformation. Uh, most Americans want illegal immigrants not to be allowed in the country, and when they are found in the country, they want them removed, which is what our current laws state, and those laws were crafted from the outcome of our elections, and until that happens, our elections mean nothing. Yeah. It, what, what good is it if we have these laws that, that were you know, created but through the process of elections and, and congressional uh, legislation if they're not going to actually do it? And, and most Americans understand that the only way we can stop Democrat, socialist, George Soros types from taking control of the entire country permanently like they have in California is for the, vo- the imported voting block of illegal alien Democrat voters for- to go home as our current laws state. They cannot stay here. If they stay here, they will become voters. And then that's the other thing. They will become legal voters. Right now, we have a tracking list at alipac.us. That's A-L-I-P-A-C dot U-S in our m- most favorite post section that has a 72 examples of non-citizens including illegal aliens registering to vote and voting in america and people are like well william that can't be true because it's illegal for non-citizens and illegal aliens to register and to vote i'm like it sure is it sure is but you know there's just this little box on the form says are you a citizen if you check it no one verifies that not on the county level not on the state level excuse me, not on the federal level. So just like everything else in our society, from jobs and working on jet engine aircraft and nuclear power plants and military bases, illegal aliens and their drug cartel um, backers or, or you know handlers are in every crevice inside the compromised uh, and fil- heavily infiltrated United States of America. And the evidence shows from these 72 examples, while you could say our 72 examples may only have a couple tens of thousands uh, detected, and people are like, well, a couple tens of thousands of non-citizen illegal voters isn't going to change the outcome. Uh, no, not really. If you look at how narrowly Trump got in, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, it's more than enough to have changed the outcome of that. And, you know, right now, the fact every single illegal alien that votes in a U.S. election is a stolen vote from an American citizen, no matter how they voted, even if they voted with them. It's a stolen vote. And if we were going to be, and, and not one, and there was not one single mention of this known, documentable, severe problem in the U.S. elections in the voting rights, George, what, what, the, that piece of junk bill that we opposed, uh, because it would have stopped Republican legislators from trying to clean up the voter rolls. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, you know, here's, the, here's a big question. I mean, why is it so hard to verify someone as a U.S. citizen? I mean, we can look constitutionally, and as you mentioned, that is the singular, the one curriculum, the one stipulation from the federal government and the Constitution that says that you're able to vote is because you are a U.S. citizen. And then it really defers it back down to the states to verify on how you do that. I'm based out of the out of Wichita, Kansas, where my flagship radio station is. We used to have some really crazy stringent laws here that weren't any difficult. We had to show a birth certificate or some type of ID when we registered to vote. Uh, Chris Kobach, our former Secretary of State, made that happen. And I know we worked at the federal level on immigration and on voting rights to some degree, but, uh, I mean, then they repealed it and said that you weren't allowed to do that. The question is, why can't we have those? Just to verify, the one stipulation the Constitution says that we have to have is to be a U.S. citizen. Well, because we for our county or our state-level elections, um, uh, conductors would need access to federal databases to be able to make that decision about citizenship or not. And now that that they get closer to it in states that have strict license laws where they've tightened up on licenses since the 9-11 attackers were found with like a huge number of licenses from numerous states, including Florida. Um, and then if you require voter you know, ID, and a person has passed through the uh, vetting process at the DMV, and then the Board of Elections, you get some elevated level of security there, but there, you know, the bill that was just defeated, thanks to Senators Cinema and Manchin, and all of the Republicans, um, would have prevented anybody from taking any steps to stop non-citizen illegal aliens from committing the double felony of stealing Americans' votes in large numbers, and that's that's what's going on, and one of the goals of Alipac is that by the midterm elections and this, this fall, if enough people support us and yeah. get on our email alerts, please, uh, we're going to make sure that our list of over 72 documented examples of non-citizen voters is in the hands of every candidate and campaign that we can, even on the statewide level. If there's a Republican running for um, county commissioner, we want them to see this because when they're looking at their election results, um, on election night, they need to be wondering how many of those were felony, non-citizen, illegal alien voters. Yeah, or legitimate. Yeah, let's take a break here. We'll talk with William Gein. He is with Americans for Legal Immigration PAC, alleypack.us, also his website at williamgein.com. We'll continue this conversation when we come back, wrapping up today for a Tuesday. Great information. What do we do moving forward? Lots more coming up. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Wrapping up the show today. Just a few minutes left here on a Tuesday. By the way, we are about a week out-ish from our newsletter coming out. We send our monthly newsletter out. If you have not signed up for all of our new listeners on the OpsLens app, OpsLens.com, or download the OpsLens app or the live stream there. A lot of new people listening there, along with just new people on the radio or on the TV, wherever you may be watching or listening to us. First off, welcome aboard. This is an intense show. We try and go at a fast pace because we try to cram a lot of stuff into a one-hour <laughs> program, and we're growing like a weed, so thank you for that. If you're new to the show, then welcome aboard. You'll get the hang of it. I am sarcastic. I am snarky, and we try to make you smirk and smile and chuckle a little bit while we try to educate you all at the same time. Or at least expand your mind to think about things a little bit differently. That's our goal on this show. But we send out a monthly newsletter. We have a blog on there. We have some civic holidays of the month on there. We have some news from the show on what we're doing with the program, with my Hoosier Media Network, and what we're doing with our network as well, and uh, different podcast shows we work with. So sign up on the website, HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Sign up for our free newsletter when it comes up and says, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? And you say, yeah, I do. And we appreciate that very much. Right now, we're talking with William Gein. You can sign up for their uh, info blast as well at alipac.us, A-L-I-P-A-C.us. Also on his website, at williamgein.com. That's G-H-E-E-N.com. As uh, we're talking with him on the Americans for Legal Immigration Pack. So here's the question, William, going into this year. And as you mentioned, the midterm elections, let's look forward into this year. They're over 2 in the well, last two months. I mean, they, they got the Build Back Better plan shut down. They've had the voting bill shut down. What is their next step? Is it to still focus on getting rid of the filibuster? Is it to focus on a new bill? Is it a new COVID response? What's going to be the next step for them to try to include all this garbage into it? Well, well I think their next step is going to be try to save their hides in the 2022 elections. I think they're going to shy away from those those unpopular things. And And, and here's the way I see it playing out. If everybody just coasts and says, oh, inflation's too high and I'm too busy to join some email alerts or become an activist or to take a part in the 2022 elections, um, then what's most likely to happen is the Republicans will take the House and the Senate, but they'll elect a bunch of more uh, globalist-controlled rhinos like Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, (laughs) Marco Rubio, and Kevin McCarthy's type people, uh, John Boehner's type people. And basically nothing will change. You'll have some Republicans give lib service and say, oh, I'm against amnesty, but we'll be fighting to stop an immigration reform bill that's not an amnesty once again. Right. In America, no matter how we vote, we go 
on, on the topics of wars and, and, and economic factors and immigration factors, we keep going on this globalist plan because globalists like George Soros and others, they don't give up power. Um, they control both sides of the fence. As American voters run screaming from one party to the next, saying, please help us, please help us, and everything just keeps getting worse. Now, the way that we can overcome this, if enough people will pay attention and get involved, we need a sweep in 2022 that's bigger than the Tea Party sweep of 2010 and bigger than the contract, Gingrich's contract track with America 94, where we elect so many wild and 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 dis and diselect deelect some of these rhino Republicans, and sweep in enough people to where Americans actually get some type of change in an election. Um, it's yeah. possible. I mean, right now, I mean, and the reason it's possible is Joe Biden just tried to give half a million dollars to illegal aliens. Okay, and if that's not enough to mobilize people to get them involved in the 2022 election cycle, doing grassroots volunteer and donation type things that lead to victories uh, versus defeats. I don't know what will move them. Yeah. Given half a million dollars, he, he tried to give, four, <laughs> what was it, $450,000 to illegal aliens? Yeah, four sixty. Yeah. If that won't mobilize Americans, nothing will. Yeah. We're it, just done. We're cooked. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think, and we got about a minute left here, do you think that Trump is going to lead that by running again, or do you think it's going to be a new, fresh face for the Republican Party? I think right now that no matter how you feel about Trump, whether you support him or you don't support him, whatever, I don't really think that we benefit from having him in the scene right now. I think in 2022, we need maximum unity amongst people who want to see corrupt incumbents thrown out of office in D.C. And anything, whether it's Trump or or some issue that further divides the base of, of Republicans, I'm not really talking about it. It's, it's, it's not, the thing about Trump is this is a bigger movement that existed before Trump, the movement to try to save this country from an illegal alien invasion and overthrow. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what, you know, we need a movement, not a... Not a personality, cult of personality centric type thing is sure. what I favor. I favor a, a broad movement with many different leaders having an impact nationwide. It's going to be a big movement. It's going to be a big focal point, and I think a lot of people are fired up. We're seeing it all over the country, and it's good to see a lot of candidates jumping in so early and firebrand conservatives that are doing it, and we appreciate what you guys are doing. It's alipac.us, A-L-I-P-A-C.us, William Gein. William, it's good to talk to you again, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, always a pleasure right there. That does it for us. Podcast up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow as well. Ready to rock and roll for a whole nother day. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.